self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and i can be found at red underscore calamity also we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show so if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show you can send it to our gmail account which is conversationconartist at, g- at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. Um, we don't have letters this week. So we're back on our Reddit shit. Reddit. Let's see which one. Um, okay, this is a good one. It's an interesting one. The title of it is, is it possible to make a relationship work when I don't like children, but my significant other has a child? I have no interest in having any children nor step into the role. I feel like what I want out of the relationship isn't fair for my significant other and his child. I really like this person that I'm dating, but I'm afraid I can't accommodate bringing a child into the situation without being resentful. I appreciate any thoughts or opinions. I'm a bit at a loss and hoping to hear from different perspectives girl or sir i can't tell if it's a man or a woman either oh no it's significant other than his child so it's a woman listen no that's not gonna work if you don't like kids being with somebody that has a kid that obviously is around a lot he's uh involved you are gonna become resentful because the kid gonna be a kid i don't even know how old huh I wonder why why they hate kids that much. I know. Is it I like that dude on uh, on the beginning of Harlem Nights? You seen that? Oh yeah. Kids bring me bad luck, man. <laughs> I told you to get that little motherfucker out of here. <laughs> yeah, like maybe that shit happened. <laughs> maybe motherfucker lost all their savings. I mean, here's they the, didn't get clapped in the head. Here's the thing, especially for women. When a woman says she doesn't like kids or she doesn't want to be a mom, everybody acts like it's the worst thing ever. It's not. I mean, everybody isn't trying to walk around and, and have a baby, and that's cool. You don't, you do not have to do that in order for you to be a woman. That's not a primary reason for existence. It's not to birth these babies. So her not wanting kids is fine. But getting with somebody that has a child that he's involved with and you know you don't like kids. Not even that you don't want to have kids. You don't even like interacting with kids. That's going to be problematic. Especially as that kid gets older. Like, and if you marry him and become a step-parent, you are involved in some ways. Like, you, you're not going to be able to be completely hands-off. So, that's going to be a problem. A big-ass problem. Man. You know the worst dynamic that I've met with parents is a parent who have a child, but clearly ain't a child type person. Yep. There's a lot of parents out here that just ain't child type people. That's one of the toughest dynamics to work with because no matter what, you can't, there's nothing you can say that'll make that person feel better about having had a child. Mm-mm. Nobody, nothing. This is going to make it better. And yep. that's like one of the most, Tough dynamics that I've ever, you know, seen when it comes to come to children and adults. Yep. 
And I mean, again, it's like, I think, especially for women, it's, there's this pressure to want to be a mom. And when you don't want to be a mom, people think you're selfish or all of this other shit. But it, it better is, if somebody realizes that they don't really fuck with kids, I much prefer them just not ever have a kid as opposed to having a kid to satisfy some societal expectation because that kid is going to suffer in the long run because it's going to be born to a parent that never fucking wanted it. <laughs> I just had you because they said I was supposed to. Um, so no, man, like if you somebody that don't like kids, you don't date people with kids, especially people who are involved in their kids' life and shit. Like don't, it's not going to work. You're going to become resentful. Because that person, especially if they're involved with the kid, they don't want you to be involved with the kid. Their kid is something important to them. So that's not going to work. It's not I mean, work. And kids can tell. Kids can tell when you don't like their ass. They know. <laughs> they can sense that. I mean, maybe. But I think that, I mean, I guess the question, what does she expect the motherfucker to do? You know what I'm saying? Does she expect him to drop the kid off somewhere that, like, what is, how, I wonder how long they've been together without her knowing he got a kid. How did she let it get to this point? Or is she irrationally just liking a person early in a relationship and considering it? Like, I feel like you can't be deep enough in a relationship to, or, or as ill-informed about their kid to want to continue that relationship. Like, it's early in the relationship. You know? I mean, And that's something that you don't want. Why? She could have met him outside of, like, a dating situation. Like, uh, I don't know, like, co-workers or, like, some way in which you were able to get to know this person and maybe not necessarily know that they have a kid and start liking, you know, who they are and what you've learned about them. And so now you like them. You invested because you you got to know them, but now you, boom, you got a fucking kid. (laughs) Because I don't know, I don't know about how men, I know women talk about children a lot. Women talk about their kids. They are usually the ones that are interacting with the kid a lot. I don't know if men in regular conversation, like work chatter with coworkers, talk about their kids a lot. I don't know. Men at work? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They talk about their damn kids. They get on their nerves and shit. <laughs> like, they don't be goddamn sharing that shit like women do. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if but, she met him in a way where she wouldn't have necessarily... Like, she would have got to know him kind of without... You know, because we ain't really necessarily asking each other questions. Because when you're looking to date each other, we just kind of in around each other all the time. And I get to know you and you funny and all of this shit, then when we do start getting to know each other and like, oh, we should date, boom, you got a kid. I don't know. I guess we would need more details on how this happened. I do. I mean, I need them details to understand, you know, what what to do about the situation. Um, Personally, if I don't want to be around kids, then... I'm not going to date somebody with kids. Um, I always used to say, I don't want a kid. I don't want to date somebody with a kid old enough to say, you ain't my daddy. But now (laughs) I can date people with kids about to graduate at this age. I know it's fucking crazy. Um, But as long as they out the house, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I'm just Jesus. playing clearly. Okay, this next one. See, this is the kind of shit that make me... Remember when I went on my fuck Greg rant about B. Scott and her husband getting with this white bitch and moving her in the house? This is something that reminds me of that. So this is a 32-year-old female, and her husband is 35. My husband just mentioned something in passing that's sort of a deal-breaker. That's the title. My husband and I have been married for six years, together for eight. We have two boys who are two and four and we both that we both adore. Our relationship has been, quite frankly, pretty damn good. We have issues, but never anything we do not work out. I do not think I have gone to bed angry, but once or twice in eight years. We have talked about having a third child. I would like to, but respect that he doesn't, and it isn't happening. This led to my husband's vasectomy. No issues there. Well, that was about three months ago. Last night, we had some close friends over for dinner, which are our neighbors, and one of them mentioned about their cousin's girlfriend getting injured in a snowboarding accident. As it happened, the girl was paralyzed from the waist down after the accident. Here's where the issue comes in. After dinner, while we were cleaning up, we started talking about our neighbor's cousin. One thing led to another, and my husband said something along the lines of, I wonder how long he'll fake being a good guy. When I pressed him about it, he started to explain that there's no way a paralyzed person could stay with a non-paralyzed person long term if they were used to a normal life prior to that. I was kind of confused and annoyed by this, so I asked what he meant, and I think he could sense my annoyance as he didn't change the subject. But I doubled down and asked what would happen if I got paralyzed, and he chuckled and said, that won't happen. I continued to push the issue until he finally said, I wouldn't stay until you were settled. I, I would stay until you were settled and then probably start looking to continue my life. <laughs> I started crying and immediately left the room. We had both had a decent amount of wine with dinner, uh, two to three glasses each, and we are not frequent drinkers, so I was pretty distraught. I stayed in the guest room and we haven't spoken since. My husband is still working full time remotely, so he has been in his office all day. I am not sure what to do from here. How do I approach this subject with him? I don't know if I could stay with someone who has this point of view, but I don't know if it was just a drunken mistake. Ooh, girl. Man, that's <laughs> tough. One. Jesus. Look. That's a tough one. And I said this about the whole B, uh, B, B Simone or B Scott, I can never remember. Um, if my husband. My husband became incapacitated in some kind of way, whether it be through mental, like um, having Alzheimer's, or if it be him becoming paralyzed. I cannot see me being like, well, nigga, I married you when you had your good legs. I, you know, I, I'm going to help you get settled. And I wish you the best. <laughs> I, I think that goes in the category of shit that you don't say. <laughs> even if you believe it. Like, if you really believe that shit, why are you saying it? <laughs> yeah. Like, and uh, listen, as far two to three glasses of wine, y'all, even with not being a heavy drinker, I'm not a heavy drinker, you ain't gonna say, that ain't sloppy drunk where you just saying crazy shit, okay? He meant that shit. <laughs> that was not a a drunken... <laughs> No, he meant that. He will not. He's not planning on staying with you. <laughs> I wonder what his experience with that shit is, though. Like, for did he know somebody that like? What is he? The, I guess the sex good. I guess he assumed that sex if, 
would be but, a problem. Yeah, paralyzed from the waist down probably be a little paralyzed difficult. Paralyzed people have sex. They do, but I don't know how that works. It's not. It's definitely not going to be the same as it was before. He. It seems like he is like I married you. Like I think he's willing to deal with like her maybe gaining weight. Okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't necessarily uh, stop the quality of life that they've been having. But like something major where it's like. We can have sex, but we got to do all of this maneuvering and shit that I didn't sign up for. I'm not with it. That's what it sounds like. Like, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I would have an attitude, too. If my husband told me he would fucking leave me if I got paralyzed, I would have a fucking attitude. I would. Because it's like, nigga, you think anybody want, you think that girl wanted to be fucking paralyzed? You think she woke up that day and said, Jesus, I'm tired of these legs, Lord. Please take them away. Like, that's not anything that somebody plans to happen. And now, what if you couldn't have sex with your husband anymore because of the paralysis? Would you expect him to leave? Would you allow him to date somebody else or have no. sex with any nope. other? Nope. So your nope. expectation nope. would be for him to have a sexless life, sexless life for the rest of. See that my problem with that is <laughs> the I'm this is something that I'm going to be dealing with as well. It's not like I'm just saying, you know what, fuck you, you can't <laughs> I'm gonna be out here having sex and you can't. Like this is like a tra- a traumatic, tragic thing that happened. And I just don't feel like you get to get a pass because shit get tough. You don't get a get a pass. You don't get a, a hall pass to go just fuck other bitches. That's not how that works. And if he got paralyzed and he could, and I couldn't have sex with him, I would not be out here fucking other niggas. That would not be something that I would do. Well, what if would. he said it's okay? I still wouldn't do it because it's not okay to me. Like he might be fine with it, but my moral compass, like, I wouldn't be. I would feel like shit. I would feel like a shitty ass wife for leaving my paralyzed husband to go get some dick. I'd feel terrible. I would feel like a horrible person. Like, I would just feel bad. So, I wouldn't do it because of how that would make me feel. (laughs) Even if he was with it. Like, nah. I couldn't do it. And so, because I wouldn't do it, I would have the expectation that he'd not do it either. Because I'm not gonna... It's not gonna go well. It's not. I'm gonna tell you that. He gonna come home from fucking Suzanne and the locks on me. It's gonna be ugly. (laughs) It's gonna then be he ugly should just go, shit. I guess. Then he should huh? just go. At that point, I guess he'll know you enough to know he should just disappear on he your ass. Just, I would much rather you just fuck Go to the leave. store just for leave. a pack of cigarettes and don't come back. Just leave. Go on about your... If you, if you cannot be here for me after this tragic thing happens, I'd much rather you just leave. Let me... I'll figure it out. I got it. I got it, because, like, I'm not going to mentally... Because I feel like if I got paralyzed, my personality is still going to be the same. And and who I am will fuck you up for fucking somebody else. <laughs> I'll be rolling over his feet and shit. It would just be a big old mess. It will be bad. Man. I mean... I think Tyler Perry got it right with uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Goddamn, your husband gonna be in a wheelchair and gonna be slinging his ass in the tub. <laughs> Fucking well, that's his ass she up. Listed. 
that's because she was angry with him. Had that all that stuff not happened before, she probably would have just took care of his ass. But because he tried to leave her for that bitch, then when the bitch when you get paralyzed, the bitch you left me for left your ass. And now you come and look at me, want me to help you. I would have threw his ass in the tub too, bitch. Where uh, your bitch at? Where she at? Oh, she left you when shit got rough. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess you can give your husband some slop top for the rest of rest of y'all lives. <laughs> Only thing is, you can't stop her from skiing on your face. <laughs> he gonna have to clean it up. But paralyzed from the waist down. I have mo. I have mobility in my hands and arms and shit. But you can't get away. You, you, <laughs> look, either you get away and the ski happen to you because you got to use your hands for your wheelchair, or you put your hands up and it go all over the place. You don't got. You don't got that many options. <laughs> Why is this where this conversation ended up? <laughs> I, listen, I'm trying to find a solution for everybody, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Clearly, paranoid, I mean, paralyzed people have sex. You have sex. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, it'll feel weird, man. It'll I'm feel like being that. on some Ted Bundy shit. <laughs> I'm not saying that it would be an easy situation at all. But I feel like when you say you're going to marry somebody and stay with them and be with them and dedicate yourself to them, that's part of it. Like, of course, when you get married, you don't expect the motherfucker to become paralyzed. Just like I wouldn't expect you to lose your job and, you know, two years into our relationship and now I'm the bread. Well, any, any kind of bullshit that could potentially happen. Like, that's not the expectation, but I don't feel like the way that you address that is to go run off and okay, well. What if your husband? What if your so? I guess clearly I can come up with a bunch of scenarios, mm-hmm. but your your perspective leaves way too much room for some bullshit to go on that ain't that don't control the other person that you really just can't fuck with, what and you, you saying you're gonna stay there like I don't know. Um. So, what about substance abuse? Now, that one might be difficult. Um, and not even because that one would be difficult because of my own background. So, I got my own issues, not necessarily with substance, but alcohol abuse because of my dad and seeing my mom stay with him and what that fucking shit looked like. That one would be a difficult one for me. I'm not going to say that I would automatically leave, but I wish I would struggle with that more than I would struggle with you becoming paralyzed. Like emotionally for me, because of my background, that would be more difficult for me. Because I would be torn between, you know, being what I would feel like I should do as a wife, but also being afraid I will become my mother or what I saw my mother as in her dealing with my dad with his issues. That would be a lot harder for me than like you becoming paralyzed. A lot harder. You could just rob his ass while he's drunk and just <laughs> use his cards for Amazon and shit. I mean, get paid at least, and the nigga gonna be passed out. You know, get that money, money, get it. My mom didn't. My mom. I watched my mom for all of my life clean up after my dad when he like literally this nigga would piss in the floor. Like she literally just cleaned up after him. She would clean up messes that he would create from, like, emotional messes and his interactions with us when he was drunk. Like, she just cleaned up after him the whole fucking time. And I had an issue with her for a long time 
like looking at trying to look at her as a, the strong person that she seemed like outside of him and that weak ass shit I saw when she dealt with him. So like that one would be a lot harder for me. And that's just because of my background. And what about something that led him to need a colostomy bag? We're gonna have to hire somebody because I ain't changing that shit out, but we're gonna have to make sure you got a nurse or some shit. I can't <laughs> I ain't gonna leave. This is where we have to problem solve. <laughs> Let's problem solve. How can we fix this? <laughs> that's a problem solving issue. I guess that's my problem with. I don't say. Uh, so this go into a different dynamic for me. Um, because it's like. I'm not saying that you should leave somebody. When something bad happens. Or even that. I'm saying this about seizing the marriage in that way. But in France, they don't really like marriage ain't really a big deal to them. Like they look at relationships as a seasonal person that entered your life that is not going to be there forever. That's going to leave at some point. And so it's like this just goes into a dialogue for me about how firmly in America we hold on to the idea that the person that we choose is a forever person. By default. So let me tell you, if you were somebody that I was dating that said that, my response, because my immediate response in my head when you said that was go find a French bitch then. <laughs> go find you a French bitch who feel the same way you do. Well, I want to call you back. <laughs> you ain't what I want no goddamn way. <laughs> You're not open-minded. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying that I hear that's you dangerous. That. I'm just saying Internally, that. Internally, I was just like, go get a French bitch then. It's da- I mean, I just think it's dangerous. I mean, I think a lot of men and women out here are selecting somebody based on the idea that they want somebody for always. Here's the difference, though, for me. Leaving somebody because something unfortunate happens to them, to me, is fucked up. Leaving somebody because they are fucked up and doing fucked up shit to you is different. Like, I don't think people should just stay together with somebody that's whooping their ass or treating them poorly. I wasn't really bringing this dialogue up to compare it to that situation. I was just using it, I guess, as a segue to just talk about how the culture of marriage is problematic in a lot of ways. But that's why I I mean, Christian marriage, really. Not just marriage. I think Christian marriage more so than anything. But that's why I think it's problematic is because people in those situations feel like they need to stay no matter what. I don't. My end of this conversation is not you don't stay no matter what. There are circumstances in which I will fucking leave you. You becoming paralyzed from some horrific accident just isn't one of those things. Oh, no, no, there's no accident. What if what if uh, what if he get a traumatic brain injury and become abusive not because he want to be abusive because his brain ain't processing anger in no kind of way like i mean there are things that can happen to a person that you can say well it's not their fault they're like this and it can change their personality significantly i mean what about an injury that changes absolutely who they are like are you are you dedicated to that body of that person or are you dedicated their personality so i'm just saying i'm just saying it Clearly, paralysis is a different thing. It is. But, I, but when you say, you know, 
the difference between something that they do and the fucked up decision they make versus something that happens to them. There are things that can happen to people that still Im- imply that there's going to be something wrong with them that you you can't accept. Well, and in those cases, I feel like those are the exceptions. For me, the rule is if something fucked up happens to you, then I'm going to still be there. Obviously, there are exceptions to all rules. And so the exceptions for if you have a traumatic brain injury to turn you into a wife beater, I'm not, is it is it thought that you're this way? Absolutely not. Is there anything that could be done to reverse it? If there isn't, I'm not going to get my ass whooped just to stay with you, to say that, I, you know, that's a different, those are exceptions to the rule to me. And every rule has exceptions. The rule for me is some fucked up happened to you. If we can work through it, I'm sticking with you. If something fucked up happens to you that completely changes who you are as a person and it negatively impacts me in a way that affects my safety, I'm not staying with you. Even if it ain't your fault. It's terrible. But I'm not going to get my ass whooped on a daily. Just So <laughs> this brings up a much, much greater question for this conversation, though. When it comes to a mate... And a hypothetical situation. How much stock about whether you can stay with your mate in that context should you put into it, given that it's not even a real situation? Like, I mean, clearly, if she never becomes paralyzed, that's fine. She said the relationship has been great. They love their kids. Everything has been good. This one hypothetical and his flawed-ass perspective about <laughs> something that that she don't like is now making her question whether he's somebody she wants to be with. I think it's the scariness of... So, where where is it? Yes, they're specifically talking about paralysis, but what if it is a B. Simone situation and I get Alzheimer's? Or what if it's... I think she's seeing that... If he, it's a B. Simone situation, you're going to get your ass robbed. <laughs> with a white shit think, coming in your house. <laughs> I think what this is doing for her or why she's so upset is because this is showing her that maybe where she thought that they were good and that he was going to stay with her, that there are circumstances in which that nigga dip (laughs) that she didn't realize before. I mean, that's a terrifying thing to think of because again, paralysis is not something that's planned. And so, yes, it's a hypothetical situation, but it's also like scary in that it's like, well, shit. If I fuck around and have a car accident, this nigga gonna leave me. Like, I think that is something that would be difficult for you to digest, especially if if that's not who you thought that person was. It sounds very much like she didn't think, she didn't believe he was the kind of person that would be like, oh, bitch, I'm gone if you get paralyzed. I think it was a surprise for her. So... If your husband said that, would you be then questioning whether you're going to stay with him or not if it's been a relation, good relationship? I don't know that I would whether I'm going to stay with him. I don't think I would leave him, but it definitely is going to make me look at him a little differently. It's going to change some shit. Like, that is going to change. You're going to be saying that shit all the time. You're going to be what? like, oh, you're going to leave me? <laughs> hey, one of your fries, you're going to leave me now, nigga? Huh? <laughs> You're going to do that shit for the next 20 years. I would do it for the next 20 years, but probably for the next couple of weeks, I probably would have an attitude. Like I said, I would have an attitude. <laughs> like, oh, 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 I burned the bread. I guess you out, huh? <laughs> it probably 
for the next two weeks. I wouldn't do it for 20 years. I, I will be in my feelings for it about a, a little while, though. It's I don't think no, that I would leave him, but I do think that that would make me look at him a little bit. I just feel like there's no way she ain't got no idea that her husband got some levels of insens- insensitivities somewhere in his life. I yeah, just, she got to know that, you he know. Does, you don't think it, it, people don't believe, even when, okay, so one of the other questions that we won't get to was if you see somebody being an asshole to like their siblings or their family members, should that have an impact on how you look at them? For some people, it wouldn't. For some people, they feel like, well, that's dumb. He would never do that to me. He would never behave that way with me. So even if he is insensitive, I think she maybe is realizing like that insensitivity can come this way <laughs> as well. That's not and like her fault. Didn't believe that before. That's not like her fault. <laughs> for perceiving that he was gonna be here forever. Like, but he could still be there forever. I just she just did that shit to herself. It's like farting in the fan, goddamn. Like, okay, this situation came up, you upset, but why are you talking about leaving a good relationship for flawed perspective? I mean, don't get paralyzed, goddamn. I know <laughs> motherfuckers can't control that shit, but like I guess. If you have a car wreck, I guess it's time to start thinking about your future. But, like, <laughs> letting hypothetical shit fuck up a, a good relationship is, like, you ain't doing yourself a justice by letting that impact you like that. I mean, I mean, clearly it's going to impact you. You know what I'm saying? But not to the degree that you want to leave what you've identified as good. Yeah, I wouldn't leave, but I would have an attitude for a few weeks, and I would it constantly being like, "Oh, this are you out? Oh, you um, leave, you go to the store, you gonna come back?" Look, I watched a movie called uh, "The Killing of a Sacred Deer." What the fuck? Yeah, the killing of a sacred deer. Okay. Um, it was a weird ass fucking movie. Title alone would let me to. Yeah. It so basically it is the premise of it is based off of an old uh, old folklore story where um this boat I mean this captain of an army was leading his army um but in order to continue the war he had to sacrifice his daughter to do so and so. Shit. And so either he was going to have to sacrifice his daughter or his men who were getting very restless was going to kill his whole family. God damn. And so the only reason that he had put, he'd been put in this situation because one of the gods, uh, what's the god of love name? Uh, I can't remember. Begin with an A, um, Aphrodite. Uh, Aphrodite, he killed one of her sacred deers. And so she put him in one of these situations. So oh. the title of the movie, a, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, was just kind of like a modern day play on that concept on where this man, which was a surgeon, killed this kid's daddy. Um, because he was drunk, but I don't know how the kid knew he was drunk. The wife had to get records unsealed to see if he was drunk. And um, and what happened was this kid 
he met with this kid often. Like, I guess he felt bad that his dad died. So he met with this kid at the diner. They was real awkward conversations. He bought him a watch every now and then. He was just really nice to the kid. And one day the kid sit down at the house and uh, sit down at the diner and said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say all of this in one spiel. He said, all right, you're, uh, you've got to choose which one of your family members want to die. Everybody is poison. Your daughter, your son, and your wife. And uh, if you choose one of them to die, then the other ones will get better. But if you don't choose one of them to die, then they're all going to die. And so he was like, okay, that's bullshit. Uh, you don't even know. So the movie don't answer how this kid pulled this off, but his son became paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And then his daughter became paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And the dude wasn't choosing somebody to die. He wasn't choosing somebody. He was just like, nah. But it's, at a certain point, it got so bad that the way that he chose who was going to die is that he put a bag over his the family member's heads in the middle of the living room with a gun and spent, kept spinning circles around and then just shot the gun. He played Russian roulette with these niggas? He did. <sighs> played Russian roulette with his family. Uh, and at the end, two of them survived and one of them didn't. And it was a fucking crazy movie, man. But they put something in the movie that goes to a little bit of what we talked about earlier about the uh, me feeling like some Ted Bundy shit having sex with somebody um, paralyzed. He was a surgeon, but when him and his wife was finna have sex, they made he made her. Uh, she pretended to be dead. She pretended to be dead too oh, for that. Yeah. <laughs> And and it's weird. And, and then and and then another scene in the movie was the daughter was finna have sex with the little boy. She kind of like took her clothes off and stood there, and then she laid on the bed like her mama be laying on the bed. Like clearly it was to emulate that she didn't know that how sex was really supposed to go. Apparently she probably seen her parents. Where the fuck did you watch this movie? It's on Netflix, man. It, it's weird as fuck, man. Yes. It's it's a suspense. It's a slow ass suspense thriller that never picks up pace, and and a lot of the decisions that's being made don't make sense in the situation. Uh, they never tell anybody how this boy got this family so sick that no doctors could find out how they got this way and how they keep going into this sporadic paralyzation. Um. The wife, in order to get the records, had to give his best friend a hand job. Like, it's a whole combination of shit that don't make sense to make this story happen. And I reading the, uh, like, as soon as I watched it, it's two things that I've watched in my life that right after I be like, man, let me go Google what the fuck this is. One of them is the OA, which is the original Angel. I don't know if you know about that show. Season two came out now, but you I, about that first season threw me the fuck off. I'm like, I went to Google and put, what the fuck is the OA? Um, and I found out then that I don't pay enough attention to movies. And then in the second one, I went to The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and they said it's supposed to be a comedy. And so it's it's a what is comedic about anything that you Look, just said? <laughs> they say it's a, I guess they say it's like is the comedy of irony. I guess. Um and moral limitations. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's just stupid. But this this conversation was just making me think about the dynamics of, you know, what a hypothetical could do to your family. You know what I'm saying? If a hypothetical situation shows up 
like should you make a decision about your family's future or your mate's future because of what they will potentially do in a hypothetical that may never happen or can that hypothetical thing impact you to that in that way you know I can, it kind of makes you want to be like well damn I can't say no like weird dark insensitive shit around you <laughs> you know because you know my true feelings about some shit and you're going to interpret it and process it toward what if that happened to you, that's going to be a problem. You can say, I'm I mean, happy I ain't paralyzed He should have just kept that shit to himself. Yeah. He should have just kept it to himself. That was never going to go over well. <laughs> he definitely should have. I'm not saying, you know, all, all I'm saying is, you know, when a hypothetical show up, should that be a measure of why you why you leave that person alone? I don't I don't think so. I think you should just let life play out as it's gonna play out, and whatever that thing is, I hope I hope it don't happen to me. Because I mean, and I guess my perspective is, and it may be like this because I you know my comments on marriage would probably lead you to think that I'm not as fond of or don't care about marriage as much. I just don't care about this version of marriage that forces a person into this dynamic. See me, I would say go on and live your life. Like take me somewhere, send me somewhere where I'll be taken care of or find a family member that'll take care of me and let me figure that out. Uh, Or stay here with me if you want to, but like, Let's define what your life looked like moving forward if I can't give you something that you you want. Yeah, but your perspective is also you are somebody that is open to um, polyamory as well. So I feeds into that because I'm not open to that. It feels a lot different for me for him to go off and do something, even if we've discussed it, because that ain't nothing that I am interested in or anything that I could see myself doing at all. So that's what makes it feel different to me is that in under no circumstances, even if I was in the best, there's no circumstances in which I would be like, you know what? Just, yeah, go ahead. That's not who I am. There is a component of that which would make me feel selfish. Like, it's a component of that that would make me feel, okay, well, I'm sorry shit went bad for you, but you signed this piece of paper, so you got to take care of me and stay here for this amount of time, period. Like, the next 30, 40 years, I'm sorry, that's that's what you signed up for. I don't expect you to leave me. That A part of that feels selfish to me. Well, if you had a kid with a disability, would you get rid of the kid? Would you get a kid up for adoption? Would you let somebody else take your child? Because you didn't sign up to have a kid that that has some kind of a disability. You signed up to raise a regular child. No, you didn't sign up for nothing. You you literally made a decision to have a child. Like, I'm talking about marriage. You literally signed on a piece of paper through sickness and health. Like, and because you signed that contract, that is the context by which I'm supposed to hold you hostage. Not the other person. Not we ain't even talking about staying at this point. I'm just talking about what I, as the person who has suffered something, will restrict my mate from. And, like, I'm going to, like, if you see your mate being miserable for 30 years because of that, but they willing to stay, but they miserable, 
I would tell you to leave. I wouldn't make you stay. If you don't want to be here, here's the thing. In no way am I saying that you have to stay with me. I would much prefer you leave. If this isn't something that you can deal with, leave. What my whole thing, this whole conversation has been, is that you're not going to stay with me and fuck other people. That's my thing. You can 100% leave. I would prefer that you leave. If this isn't something you can deal with, if this isn't something you didn't sign up for this, you can't deal with it, I would much prefer you leave. My whole thing has been, you're not going to stay and fuck other folks. Never said you couldn't leave. Never said that. 100% you can leave. That's, that is a, your choice. I'm saying said, that I'm not going to expect them to stay. You expect them to stay and deal with whatever happened. Stay. I would want them to stay. I would. Because I still love this person, you know, and this is a it's a just a fucked up situation. But again, I would much prefer you leave me if this isn't something that you could deal with if you're gonna be miserable. I would much prefer you leave me if you are going to be resentful. Then go on with your life. I would much prefer that. And My it only thing and, and is you're not going to stay with me and have like a, a, a well, other life. I just used sex because that would be the probably the most intricate thing that the, the most the very the most significant thing. But like, I mean, it's other shit that a person could do that you know, like how paranoid would you be like if he if that person want to go on a on a trip that wouldn't be easily handicap accessible, or if that person wanted to participate in activities that they used to do with you but you can't do anymore because of that. Like, would you tell him, "Well, you can't do that. That was our thing. We can't, you know, no do that anymore because we would have to create a new normal for us that isn't possible anymore." So I wouldn't deny him being able to enjoy the stuff that we used to enjoy. We just got to figure out, okay, we can't do those things together. Those ain't that ain't our thing anymore. Can't be. We would just find something else. Oh, you think? Do you think that you will be able to trust that he's doing those things without involving a person that, like, I, I feel like a, an affair would be easy to have. An affair would be. So here's the thing about me and and cheating in general. I have learned to, you just, I I give you enough rope to hang yourself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to constantly be, if you haven't given me any reason to believe that some bullshit is going on, I'm not going to set myself up emotionally to do that. I've done that before. That shit is awful. So until I see something that makes me be like, wait a minute, hold the fuck on, <laughs> then no. I'm not going to assume that about you until you show me that that's what... Like if, I, if, if it's a bitch that's around a lot now that wasn't aligned before, or if it's some things that have changed that would make me feel that way, then that's a problem. I'm not going to automatically assume that if you telling me that you're going to stay with me and that we're going to work this out and figure it out, that you're going to go out and get somebody else. I'm not going to assume that. I'm going to believe what you tell me until I have reason to not. I got you. It's just, you know, it's just a really complicated, complex situation. Um, in terms of how how many different ways it is to respond to something to like me, that. It's not complex. Either you're gonna stay with me and we're gonna figure it out or you're gonna go on with your life. But like I said, to me for me there is no in between of 
you get hall passes to go do this shit while I'm at home. I just I don't see any way in which I would be okay with that ever. Well, that like I said, that that part of it wasn't the essence of it. it the the essence of it was that there's a whole bunch of things that this person's life is going to be altered by in that situation. You know, at what point are you comfortable with seeing how much their life has been altered, even if they will stay? Like, at what, like, it's going to impact you somehow. It's, just, it's going to impact you somehow. I don't know if it'll ever impact you to the level of trying to figure out how to help that person get the thing that they need, but I've learned from some people that I know who have uh, not necessarily a terminal illness, but um, that's been waiting for like kidney and then has not been in a situation where they could give, they mate what they wanted. We, they, they were like, when you face with your own mortality, like what you would do to see the person that you across from happy, it wavers a little bit. Um, it did for them, but, and that, clearly that's on a case-by-case basis, but I don't know. I'm just wondering how I would feel in that situation if I was the one who was, you know, having to take care of my mate, which um, but clearly I believe I believe in outsourcing. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a person helping with a lot of the care part of it um, because I think so- that when you... Huh. So, what if it was a kid that got paralyzed later in life? A kid? Yeah, your kid. Shit, I'm outsourced still. Shit, somebody gonna be taking care of that motherfucker for me? Well, I'm saying you could do that with your wife, though. Like, do what? Outsource to have somebody to help take care of her. But would you would you want to walk away from that child? No, I mean, in this scenario, there's nothing that that child would be giving me <laughs> as in a return that I would absolutely lose out on that I wouldn't do for my wife in that situation. Like, Well, I your would... life would change, though. Like, you, even if you outsource it, having a child with a disability or a handicap, you know that changes the whole dynamic of your life. Absolutely. It, it changes what energy I would have to put in to take care of, care of them, which... I wouldn't do a hundred percent. I would have somebody doing it just like I would have somebody doing it for um, my wife. But in either of those cases, I will fill in all the gaps that need to be filled in in that situation. Right. The difference is the expectations that you get from a wife and the things you lose from a relationship, affection, intimacy, sex, those things are different than anything a child would ever give you. Like, I would do everything for my wife that I would do for my child. It's just that the child ain't given a return that it becomes that deeply significant in a relationship with a, a mate. What? Nothing. There's extra stuff that a mate give you that a child don't that makes it a different dynamic. But enough that... that- because intimacy is something that you can have. Sex and intimacy separate. I don't know that your intimacy with that person would change because they became paralyzed. Sex, 100%. Intimacy, I don't know. Um, but either way, I'm saying you don't get intimacy from a child. Either way. You, you have a relationship with that child and the dynamic of, of the relationship you have with that child is going to change. Especially if it's like a mental health issue. 
And like, what you're I'm not going to be able to interact with that child the same way oh, that you did. Well, what I'm saying is the the how the relationship changing is something that I'll accept. You know, what I'm saying is what to do about the things that are lost from your mate because of that. You don't lose that from a child. You never had it. You don't have that kind of stuff. You get affection from a child. Intimacy and sex is from a mate. You lose intimacy and sex when this happens. And I'm saying I'll do everything to maintain the relationship. When this happens. Not necessarily. I'm pretty intimacy. sure. I mean, you should pretty sure you lose some form of intimacy. But you don't lose intimacy altogether. Like you to me, intimacy the main becomes thing that you lose is sex. Intimacy That's will be compromised. Thing. Intimacy will be compromised. But you don't lose it. It would change. A lot of things are going to change. The only thing that you would 100% probably not be able to have in any capacity, maybe, is sex. But um, either way, so intimacy is going to change, but you don't get intimacy or sex from a child. So what I'm saying is there's nothing to lose from a child outside of your time and energy in taking care of them. With that mate, you lose time and energy, but you also lose something that you were gaining from them. And you were exchanging, basically, not gaining. I don't want to sound like you were just, this was just a mechanical exchange, like a, you know, deposit and, it, uh, you know, withdrawal situation. But you both lost it. They lost it because of their situation. You lost it because of their situation. But when it comes to the idea that I would leave my child potentially, I, I wouldn't leave my wife, you know what I'm saying, about the, what happened and taking care of them. That wouldn't be the reason that I would consider or I think somebody would consider leaving. They would consider leaving because that part of the relationship has been impacted. And maybe even financially you'll be impacted. That could do, do something too. But the primary thing for this guy was that sex was going to be a problem. And I'm not inclined to believe I'm not inclined to believe that that guy would say, "Oh my, one of my children's paralyzed. I'm leaving the family." But people do that. Like you know that when a child becomes injured, there are parents that cannot deal with that. They can't deal with the change. They can't deal with the added responsibility. They can't deal with watching their child not be who they were before, especially if you had a strong. I mean, that happens. That a hundred percent happens. There are people that leave families because they can't deal with a child or a child being born with a disability when you didn't sign up for that shit. And now this child is a lot more it's it's way different than what you thought it was gonna be. People do that. that I happens. know they do it. I know. And he could be one of the guys that do that, you know, but um I don't think it it's a catch all if his main like if his if his thing about his relationship is that he wants sex from his wife and his child become paralyzed, he can still have a good relationship with his family. It's just extra work to take care of that child. We don't know enough about his reason for, like, that he just don't fuck with nobody in wheelchairs. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, that'll be the situation. But um, I'm just saying that it's it's a really, really big difference between a child becoming paralyzed and a mate becoming paralyzed. And whether a person would make that same decision between the two. Unless you just be like, no, I don't fuck with no people in with. I don't fuck with persons with disabilities, period. At all. Does your doorbell ring? Yeah. Okay. And for me. So, I mean, it's a whole complex situation. 
I mean, I guess it's simple for you, but it's some stuff in there that that make that'll make it complex. You got your brain is analytical enough to think about all them complexities. Um, it's not complex to me though. I guess because I just I don't know. For me, life is gonna start looking different if you wake up and it's a dookie bed every other day. But that's not what we were talking about. That's again, that's something that we that could be outsourced. We could figure out around that. Like I guess I'm stuck on I I guess sex isn't a big enough deal for me for me to like be like, okay, you can't give me this this activity anymore. So like it's just not that big of a deal. Listen, of course not. Women are out here every day having sex with men with me, mediocre meat mm-hmm. and accepting all of the other qualities that he possesses. Mm-hmm. That's that's common knowledge. Clearly, sex is not as big a deal to women as to men in most cases. So, of course, you're not going to care about the part pertaining to sex as a man will. You know, but to apply your version of what you would be okay with to what a man would be okay with may be a miscalculation. I mean, even though you're saying that he ain't got to stay, he can get no, the fuck he on. Go. He can get the fuck on. You can go. Um, uh, And I'm not even advocating for a person letting they make do those things. It's just, it, it leave room for everybody to be fucked up in the house. I feel like, I don't know. I And it's just my personality. Even if I was in a monogamous relationship, she would have to make me comfortable with allowing her to stay because I'm going to be I mean I don't know at what point in that process it'll be but at some point I'm going to be like look you ain't you ain't got to stay around for this you know what I'm saying like at some point I'm going to start feeling like shit her life even though she signed the paper her life is deeply impacted by me I don't know I want her to stay and take care of me, but man, I would feel bad. And that, I guess that's just, I don't know, some weird part of my character. But, uh, damn. That was, uh, that was a lot. It was I, a lot. I actually forgot we do have a listener letter. I did get what? a, uh, I got an audio. Okay. Um, in one episode, we talked about uh debt, and I got a response about that. It's somebody who is just talking about how to work on your debt. It's Cat, which is my girlfriend. So it's six and a half minutes. So brace yourselves. You ready? Um, message is in response to episode 234 about building credit um so i just have a few tips that have worked for me i definitely made some mistakes when i was younger i didn't understand credit um and we just gonna leave it at that (laughs) so um some things that helped me build my credit is having is one having an account open for a very long time your credit history is really important 
Um, and so I've had a credit card for maybe like 10 years. I also had other like store credit cards that I had open, but I had closed all of those, um, which I thought, you know, was for the better, but actually if you have accounts open, you want to make, you just want to maintain them open because closing accounts actually negatively affects your credit store. But that happened years ago. Um, now my credit score is fine, but so have an account open for a very long time and just consistently make even just a minimum payment on it just to show that you make payments consistently on time. Um, another thing about credit history is once, so say for instance, you have a credit card open for 10 years. Once you open a new account, whether it's a home loan or a um, car loan, whatever, another credit card, your credit history is going to be cut in half from there. So now it's going to say that you have a credit history of only five years instead of 10 years. So that's something to be really aware of when, if you know you, you want to open like certain things, you want to be mindful of when you do that so that you can maintain the highest credit the highest number for your credit history as possible. So if you know that you want to um, open a travel credit card and a car um, loan, then you might want to try to do that within the same few months as opposed to opening one this year and one next year. So credit history. Um, also, another another um, really good tip is just to get sign up for these sites that just send you regular like credit maintenance checks we can call it so credit karma is awesome it's free you can just sign up and they show your credit um, report your credit history your credit score all of that also Experian is great because every month I get a notification saying you know this month your credit decrease and this is why this month your credit increase and this is why so definitely sign up for these free sites to just continue to manage your credit and then when you get those notifications you can say you know okay the increase i need to keep doing this or a decrease what's going on do i need to dispute something um do i need to use less credit um did someone just you know steal my identification and open a house loan like that's so that's something that is really helpful uh, speaking of that when you get your credit report you want to make sure that you look at everything carefully and that you remember everything that happened on that report. If you don't remember something or something looks a little wrong, then you definitely want to call whoever that line of credit is with and dispute it. Um, even, you know, even if it's something that you just forgot or whatever, like just call and just try just in case because you never know. Um, and with that being said, I had a, a situation when I got my home loan where it was being reported that I was paying like 600 and something dollars a month for um, my student loan when in fact I was only paying like $80. So my debt to income ratio looked a lot worse than it actually was. So that was something that I had to um, get in order 
for me to be able to get the, uh, a larger amount for my home loan. So even like little things like that that you don't, you may not think of, you want to be aware of, and that it can reflect your on your credit. Um, another thing is to also just have something that is regularly reported each month as a transaction or as an account that you're paying. So for instance, I know when you're like renting uh, apartment, that might not be reflected to the credit companies. And there's three major, you know, creditors who, um, who deal with the credit system, whatever. But if you're just renting or if like your utilities are included in your rent, that those are opportunities that you aren't getting that could have, you know, shown like, hey, I paid stuff on time. And I've been paying this stuff on time for three years. So there's all, there's actually um, a program that I heard about that um, you can sign up for, and it will report to the credit to the creditors that you're paying this rent every month, so that it can show that you do have like this credit history. Because if you're renting an apartment for three years and you have nothing on your credit history to show for that, that's just, you know, that's a waste. So you definitely want to make sure that you have some type of account where you're paying every month and it's also being reflected on your credit. So if you can sign, if you can, you know, have a phone bill or, you know, internet or something. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Hmm. I think that's all I got right now. If I think of something else, I make another message. There it is. Those are and very so, good tips. Yeah, cause uh, well, I don't, I don't know if utilities for me have ever shown up on my credit report though. Mine yeah, has. yours have. Haven't no. Oh, they haven't. I think they show up when you don't pay them, motherfucker. Because <laughs> the collections, yeah. Yeah, I think that they show up then, but like it's fucked up that okay, all we need from you for this credit thing now is to showcase that you can be consistent on payments and you can be consistent on rent, but they don't give a fuck about that. You can be consistent on utilities, they don't give a fuck about that. You can be consistent on your cable, they don't give a fuck about that. They only choose these consumer based shits. To decide whether you're uh, credible enough for people to give you money. It's only consumer-based shit. So it's like, that that's what really fucked me up about America and the credit system. is It's not really about how consistent you pay. It's just whether you pay the people who loan you money the way that they want to be paid. <laughs> not just generally when I take care of business, when business needs to be took care of. It's look, we will give you all the money because all they want is that fucking interest rate. That shit pissed me off, man. That's why I like I just don't fuck with credit. Like, I mean, clearly, I mean, clearly I'm I got to, you yes. know, at some point I'm <laughs> it's, cleaning it's my to shit some up. Degree. I'm cleaning my shit up, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that was that was good good advice, good input. Some shit she helping me with as well. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. Um, that being said, we got viral posts. I thought okay. I didn't have no viral posts, but 
Let me Facebook close the letter algorithm out. is an asshole. Okay, go. Oh, if you have any questions that you would like for us to answer on the show, or you have any information that you would like to share, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. All right. Now, let's get into these viral posts. It's a lot of Walmart shoppers at Target. Ma'am, we don't wear bonnets in here. <laughs> yeah, Target is clearly upscale grocery shopping. It's when you want a better experience than Walmart. Uh, they used to be Bloods and Crips, but Walmart has now got out of the gang life and put their colors down and changed over to some green and yellow shit. <laughs> but uh, Target is still banging hard. They are just more upscale than Walmart. Sorry. Bonnets are not hats. I feel very strongly about this. It's not a fucking hat. It is something that you sleep in. Okay? I hate it. It annoys me. It drives me insane when I see people out with their fucking bonnet on. Like, just put your hand in a ponytail. You ain't nobody saying you gotta come out of the house with your face beating shit. But, like, basic shit like taking your bonnet off your fucking head. <sighs> that sounds like some childhood trauma shit. It ain't. It's just, I don't understand. Your mama ain't never came nowhere with a bonnet on her head? No, and she would whoop my ass even now if she saw me out with a fucking bonnet on my head. No. <laughs> I wish my, my mama would try to whoop shit. my ass today. I grab the belt mid-swing and stare dead in her eyes. <laughs> and don't say shit. I just be staring at her. <laughs> she knows she can't do shit. She couldn't do shit when we were 16. <laughs> We just let her whoop us because that's what black families do. Black <laughs> families convince kids that whooping is normal and abuse in those cases is normal and just expect us to take it. Like, because uh, a person without kids and don't, don't work in the mental health field was trying to convince me that, you know, well, the kid just going, you know, if the parent try to whoop the kid, he just going, he bigger than her. He just going to stop her. It's like, no, he ain't. No. He <laughs> that kid done been that kid done been convinced that the ultimate disrespect is not letting somebody beat your ass up when it yeah. comes to your family. And so you, you, they let them do it. It's fucking bullshit ass conditioning. It is. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, bonnets. I mean, if if it ain't a hat, then it's a hair, hair cover. I mean, a head wrap ain't a hat either. Head I can scarf. deal with a head wrap more than I can a bonnet. Bonnets and do-rags? I hate that shit. Like, Why you hate do-rags? Because it's not a fucking hat either. It's not a, a... Like, I feel like wraps are accessories. Wraps... Wraps are, um... It's like a hair accessory. Do-rag is an accessory. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's become an accessory. Niggas accessorize with do-rags. I mean, you ain't gotta like it. I but don't. you can't call it something that it ain't. I don't think that it's an accessory. Deny that it's something that it is. Or you wear it to keep your waves straight at night. Or I guess all day. I don't know. Yeah, all day. <laughs> Wait, pursuit the waves don't stop until your hair stop growing. But a do-rag definitely ain't. <laughs> not wearing a do-rag fuck up progress. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when your do-rag ain't on, you got to be brushing. 
and niggas can't brush out in public, but they can wear a do rag on out in public. I can't stand either of those. Look, much. we do. We look, black people. I mean, look, white people brush their hair in the morning and go. They do. Because they put that semen gel in their hair to make it stick up like Cameron Diaz. And and you can't brush it after that because you want it to stay the same. I ain't like that, man. We we carry our hair care regimens with us as men. Women, y'all ain't got to do that. Y'all figure out a way to get them protective styles in and get your shit took care of. We keep that shit with us, man. Those of us who use brushes and do-rags because, you know... You can't make niggas seasick with do where I get home on the goddamn <laughs> countertop. Oh my god! And not only that, but like you know, it, amongst the black dudes, there's a really big component to that that do rag uncovering. You know what I'm saying? Like taking that bitch off, untying that bitch, unwrapping it around, and then pulling that bitch off just slowly so everybody can see that shine gleam right off of you before they see them waves. <laughs> that that that'll make that shit a whole culture, okay? We don't have to agree with it. I mean, I used to wear my do rag all over the place. I actually had a do rag on on my grad school, uh, university ID. Nigga, why? <laughs> I just they just didn't tell me to take it off, so I didn't. Oh. And my professor black guy so when i first met him dr brooks i walked into his office and he said let me let me leave for a minute and he was playing un, you know unedited biggie and i was like he did that shit on purpose like he want me to think he cool as hell this first time i done met him like why would he do that he like he literally said oh i mean with this guy this guy but he said uh eddie as i'm looking at your picture you need to go retake this picture without that do-rag on. I was like, why I need to do that? He was like, you don't feel like you need to? I was like, no, nah, they should have told me to take it off. I'm not going back to do that photo again. <laughs> like, I'm literally not going to show nobody this fucking ID except clubs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And pool halls when I'm trying to, you know, hit them with the okey-doke. I guess I'm going to leave this ID here. <laughs> Coming to get it. But uh, either way, niggas done made a, a, a lifestyle out of it and broke po niggas done made a lifestyle out of wearing bonnets. That's too much. All right. Being homophobic is kind of gay because you letting a gay nigga control your emotions like he your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's, that's a funny way to. It's fucked up. Combat homophobia. Homophobic. You gay because you homophobic, nigga. <laughs> these gay cats control you. Um, I got one. Let me see how long it is. Too goddamn long. Well, no, it ain't too long. Okay. Stick with me. My 12-year-old said something really mean to my 5-year-old. It pissed me off so bad I sent him to his room without his games. Now the 5-year-old wants to write him a letter because she feels bad that he got in trouble for hurting her feelings. 
I told her she can't write the letter. Ain't no damn way I'm letting her apologize to him for hurting her feelings. No, 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 no. She might not understand why right now, but I tried to explain that she should never, ever feel responsible for someone hurting her feelings, even her brother. He has to apologize, not her. He has to be a better person. About to do a restorative circle with them. Be right back. Bubba has some atoning to do. Gotta wait until dad finishes talking to Jay. Then we'll sit together in a circle and allow Layla to share how her brother's words harmed her. Bubba will have to address the harm he caused and Layla will decide how he can make it right. Dad to Layla. You have a soft heart. Layla, compassion. It's not a soft heart. Um... A comment says, I totally get where she's coming from. I always hated when I felt like it was my fault my brother got in trouble. In most cases, it was a scenario similar to your tweet. I love her compassion. I get it, too. That's why Dad and I talked to her about the proper way to show compassion. is not taking responsibility for someone else's actions. It's speaking up for herself and being open to accepting an apology when it comes. There's a big difference. Um... One person says, I wish I had learned this lesson early in my life. Way to go, mom. Me too. I still struggle with immense guilt after holding someone accountable for their actions and words. They're the ones that hurt me, yet I always feel like I'm in the wrong. Um, I saw that post. It was a good post. Yeah. It's healthy. That's what a healthy response to that looks like. Yeah. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever gotten one of your siblings in trouble and felt bad that you got them in trouble? Mm. Brothers were assholes. Um, no, I won't say that because I felt like when they got in trouble, they deserved to get in fucking trouble. Um, because they was doing some fucked up shit to me. Um, so maybe I'm not a compassionate person. <laughs> But no, but I have felt that way in relationships. Um, I have felt bad about being angry at somebody for some shit that they did. There are niggas that'll make you, they'll do something. And then you come at them about the shit that they did and somehow they turn it around on you and you just feel like, well, shit, maybe I was wrong. But not with my siblings. Them niggas deserve to get in trouble whenever they got in trouble because they was doing fuck shit. Usually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, either way, uh, I like how she has engaged with this. Um, and this is going to be what her daughter needs to have the self-confidence to stand up to niggas that would feel that she would otherwise feel bad about something that she's having to give them a consequence for. That's the kind of shit where a woman may feel like she need to leave a motherfucker and don't leave him because she feel bad about how that person going to feel if she leave him. Uh, and men too, you know, but this dynamic is mostly how we've raised women to be more emotional to where her brother can probably be like, man, I don't give a fuck. To where she got to be like, oh no, don't feel like that. That shit. Well, hopefully the son also is learning to take accountability for his actions and he's going to learn a lesson from this as well. What it says, she said she shared how she felt. He told her he shouldn't have said it. She told him saying sorry was what she needed. They both shared one thing they love about the other and hugged. She gave him his games back. I let her decide when he could have them. Took about 10 minutes. I, you know... I guess the daddy addressed what the son said and where he got it from and why he would say something so mean. 
but that would be another thing that would be important to me is knowing the context by which this son came across this bullshit and how it happened. Yeah. Okay, me. Baby, get on top. Her. Nigga, you wanted to fuck me. <laughs> that is stupid. That's not Your how that works. Your phone close to that cable. Oh. Better? Yeah. That's Better. stupid. That's um, stupid. That's not how that works. It's not. Because once you say, I mean, if that's how you feel, if for me, sexual engagement a hundred of the time, I, I want it to be both of us wanting it. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what if, it's supposed to be. If sex ain't both of us trying to get the same level of engagement, if it's literally you saying, "Okay, well, I guess you can use my body for a little while," nah, <laughs> I just use my hand. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> but I mean, you're gonna have to let me know that. Look, I don't feel like having sex. But I will. Nope. <laughs> I'll wait till tomorrow. Or the next day. Or whenever you're ready. I'll wait. Alright. Black people get on my nerves because how does you got the right one and you got the wrong one mean the same thing? <laughs> it does. You got the right one today, nigga. You got the right one today. Uh, you, oh, got you got the, the wrong, wrong one. Yeah. You got the wrong one. <laughs> I guess the difference is having the right one is about um, being prepared for what is about to happen. Like, you got the right one today. I've been working out. I woke up on the right side of the bed. I smell good. You know what I'm saying? You better get your ass whooped and remember this aqua de geo. (laughs) About to remember this goddamn cologne. Every time you smell this cologne, you're going to remember this ass whooping. And maybe you got the wrong one means that, oh, I'm ill-prepared for this shit today. But that's all the more I got shit to lose. I ain't put on no goddamn deodorant. <laughs> oh my God. I ain't brushing my hair. I took my do-rag off and now my waves ain't shiny. I always think that you got the wrong one is, oh, you, you, you normally get away with this shit because you pick people, but you pick the wrong motherfucker today. You finna get these hands. Yeah, that make more sense than mine. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Remember in the 90s to get online, you had to murder a robot each time and it would scream and scream until its <laughs> death powered your internet? <laughs> oh, dial up. <laughs> Don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, you had to murder that motherfucker. That shit sounded awful. Yeah, I did. Next. When I block one person, I block everyone affiliated with them. One band, one sound. That's too much trouble. Who the fuck got time? It is, man. You just dramatic. You're a dramatic ass motherfucker. That's That's what that is. If my girl got pregnant, I'd leave her for the benefit of the kid. It's a known fact that single mothers breed athletes. See you on draft day. He's an asshole. Yeah, these motherfuckers. But these a lot of people be posting for the likes, bro, for the controversy too. If you can make a post to get five hundred women commenting bullshit about you, yeah, you doing you doing well in a bad way. Okay, for clarification, Becky is a younger Karen. 
Becky equals 20s, Karen equals 30s and 40s, Susan equals 50 plus. I have a story about Karen, actually. Uh, you gonna tell it after this? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't want to accuse my four-year-old of tripping balls, but she did just close her eyes during dinner, open them, look around, and say, none of this is real. The chocolate <laughs> milk, the broccoli, none of it. <laughs> First comment says, I will listen to her podcast, to be honest. <laughs> The the, uh, the uh, original poster commented back, do not encourage her. <laughs> like, what the fuck her child going through? Like, kids can be going through some weird shit, bro. Like, and you have no idea what it is because they have no idea how to define it. They can't even explain to you what the fuck they going through. It's stupid. <laughs> None of this is real. Like, girl, if you don't eat no mashed potatoes and shut your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I have never saw a month get up out of here the way April did. <laughs> right, I just remember it being March yesterday, <laughs> and now it's May. To be honest, like that shit happened real quick. Twenty twenty is just a fucked up year. Everything is just topsy turvy. Right, this this one right here hit hard than a motherfucker. Is it possible for something to be a fetish and a phobia? Response: Black people. Shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that one hit hard, boy. I was like, whoa. That's what profound. The fuck fuck. It is. <laughs> Jesus. That That's is crazy. sadly accurate. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Very sadly accurate. Yeah, All right. Do men pack spinning the night bags? Spinning the night. S-P-I-N-N-A-N-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, no, they just empty their pockets onto your nightstand, LOL. <laughs> Bottom comment, but be real, that shit low-key like a magic show. My pockets be like a fucking clown car. <laughs> Bro, niggas be having so much in their pockets. Man, you, I mean, you understand. Wait a minute, do women actually use the pockets that be on shit with pockets on it or are they just happy they got pockets? Because really, women have been conditioned to use shit other than pockets, so I wouldn't imagine that many women use pockets. Is, is it more like a, a power play because we finally get pockets? No, we use the pockets, but you gotta understand that the pockets usually are not pockets the size of the pockets that y'all have. So you ain't gonna be able to put like a lot of shit. I'd be excited if my pocket big enough to fit my phone. usually not big pockets. The excitement of having pockets and the ability to put some things in there, but I don't think we would ever be able to fit all of the shit y'all do. Y'all be, it, it is like a clown car. You just pull out, like, how is all of this in your pocket? How far down does this fucking pocket go? Y'all got purses, you know what I'm saying? Y'all got a whole big ass, y'all's purse equals more than our pocket. Like, y'all can have some, y'all can have a pistol in that purse. Y'all, it's so much <laughs> shit y'all can have in that purse. You know, you can have Cokes in that purse. You can have all kind of different sets of earrings, all your beauty supplies. You literally can go to a bathroom and just do your face. Like, I mean, we don't do none of that shit. Only thing our pockets is for big, thick-ass wallets, fucking Galaxy Notes that's fucking big as hell, and pistols. Keys? <laughs> Why do y'all have so many keys? 
have so many keys. I don't know. You you Walk might be like janitor ass niggas. I ain't never had no damn that many keys. I got the keys for what I need. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't got them extra keys like that. I mean, I'll be having janitor keys, and I'm just like, what? What a your car key, your house key. What the fuck is all these other keys? <laughs> All right. The only keys I have, I have keys in my parents' house. That's about it. Yeah. I don't have other keys. <laughs> well, I got I got a key to my old mailbox because I'm just having to still go check the mail, even though it's probably illegal at this point since I moved <laughs> out. <laughs> I just hope don't nobody move in within the next month or two, goddamn. And nobody can't be moving in with this corona shit going on. If you want to save money at Xmas, now's the perfect time to tell the kids that Santa didn't make it through the pandemic. Oh, that's fucked up. That's terrible. Don't do that. Next. What you crave in a relationship is what you lacked in your childhood. I'm figuring this shit out. Comment. Definitely didn't lack anal in my childhood, but okay. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um... I don't give a F who had her coochie before me. I washed it off and kissed it up to God. I have nothing. What? I have nothing. I mean, it is what it is, man. Your woman was getting penetrated before you found her. And I mean, and all kind of stuff. You know? I have nothing to add to this. She got the skeet of relationships passed on her face. Even though you can't see it, it's there. I hope she's washing her face. That's why it's the skeet of relationships passed. Like Scrooge, or like, not Scrooge McDuck. I'm thinking about the, uh, what is his name? Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. The ghost came and got him. They didn't, they didn't live in the present. But there's space on your girl's face that something was on before. That didn't come from you. Maybe. Oh my God. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. Men think about shit like that. Or they avoid thinking about shit like that. Men avoid thinking about what kind of engagements my woman used to have before. And I think this dude is just saying, look, man, I, that shit, I don't give a fuck about that. Y'all niggas stressing over. Y'all niggas get mad when you find out your girl used to date somebody or have sex with somebody. Look, that happened. Just accept it. Last one, uh, well, no, next to last one, actually. Beyonce is trending, so it's a great time to remind everyone that she hates the police, hates Republicans, hates Trumps, and hates everything that makes America great. Our youth needs to stop idolizing NWO puppets like her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whatever. Bruh, we can't be be black in this country, man. Bruh, it's so stupid. Blackness. (laughs) Uh, To white people, anyway. White people can do whatever fuck they want to do. It's just, that's just boils down to that. The same, the same white people that were saying blue lives matter now yelling in police faces because they telling them to stay home and stay safe <laughs> and giving them fines and shit. The same people. Come on, man. It's, it's irritating. Alright, now this is a list that I'm going to read. This is my last one. Things black people take seriously. Our checks. Knowing who all over there. Yes. Who did the body? Spades. Yes. Who made the potato salad slash mac and cheese? Yes. People when they take off running. 
Hell yes. Drinking and eating after people. Yeah. Splitting poles. No, they take that seriously. Like we don't drink or eat after motherfuckers. Like no. <laughs> um. Get your own. Don't drink. Splitting poles, not putting purses on the floor. Big Luther versus Skinny Luther. <laughs> not cutting a baby's hair before one. Sitting facing the door slash exit. Not calling elders by their first names. Sweeping near your table. Being offered a bag after a purchase. Speaking when you enter a room. Street clothes on the bed. <laughs> not responding to being called with what? And not eating the food at potlucks. All oh, those are I don't the sweeping at the table. I don't know what that one is. That's a it's a superstition. If you sweep somebody's foot, then it's bad luck. Oh, I never heard that. All of the rest of them. You want to know how to fix it? In order to combat the bad luck, you got to take the broom and spit on it. The first time I saw that, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Why the fuck did she spit on the broom? It was at McDonald's. Because, you know, you can sweep. You can start a sweep without people paying attention. And I hit this woman's foot with the broom. She grabbed that shit out of my hand and spit on it. Now, don't you be sweeping around my feet. I'm like, what the fuck wrong with your ass? <laughs> I ain't know nothing about no superstition. So I was like, man, somebody just went at me about sweeping. And, you know, back then, Google went that accessible. I mean, yeah. Ask Jeeves was here, but it didn't have that much goddamn information on it. The algorithms wasn't uh, wasn't helpful enough to send you straight to what you're looking for on um, back in them days. That shit was a little bit more complicated. But uh, but that's the list, and that's it. Alright. What you got? So let's talk about Karen. So apparently white women have decided that saying Karen is just as bad as saying nigga. So this says, Dear Millennials, stop saying Karen. Karen is a sexist and racist term equivalent to the N-word for white women. Calling a woman Karen is an attempt to get rid of women's rights to stand up for themselves. Karen. That's not what Karen is. That's not what Karen is. That's not what Becky is. I don't even know that it's ever. Have you ever heard anybody say Karen and they're referring to some women's right and saying you don't want somebody's being called Karen if they doing some white shit, like um, some entitled white shit. Yep, asking for man. Well, women's rights fall in it, and it is not the same as the N word. White people get on my nerve with that kind of shit. Listen, this no, <laughs> no. Wikipedia says Karen is a term Karen is a term aimed towards entitled and demanding white women. One of the most common Karen stereotypes is that of a white middle-aged woman, typically American, who displays aggressive behavior when she's obstructed from getting her way. Such women are often depicted as demanding to speak to the manager. So that means Karen really boils down to behaviors. It boils yeah. down to behaviors that gets you called Karen. It's not like the whole world is just calling white women Karens. They're not. When you start acting like a goddamn Karen, then white men, I mean, white, then the world calls you Karen. Mostly but black if, people. If people look at you as a, if look at black people as niggas, you're just a nigga just because you're black. It isn't even necessarily any, any behaviors that you're exhibiting is you get put into the pot 
that's what that is. We always get looked at collectively. We do not get to be judged individually. That's part of the black experience in America is that you are judged as a fucking group. We don't get to be individuals. White people do. So when you start acting like a fucking Karen or a fucking Becky, then people call you that. So maybe you should check your behaviors if you want people to stop calling you fucking Karen, Karen. And stop trying to equate it to slavery and shit. They kill me with that shit. Y'all want some... You want so badly to have something that's equivalent to slavery. You can have slavery itself, motherfuckers, if you want it so bad. Like, the fuck? Sit down somewhere. Karen, the K-word. And then the, the post had the K-word, bitch. Okay. Dude, Karen, Becky, yeah. Susan, all y'all. Go sit the fuck down. Okay. I didn't want to take the wind out of your sails, but I definitely talked about that last week. <laughs> oh, when I was <laughs> Yep, by myself. Sorry. <laughs> With your sleepy ass. Listen. All right. This is a viral post, and uh, but this is something worth a conversation. Um, You're not going to like this. Oh, fuck. So... Is this guy that graduated from law school and he's posing like he is the shit. And that sentiment is followed up by this whole long gas post he made where he roasted black women and baby mamas and it's homophobic and all this shit. But let's go. Now that I'm JD'd, bar number loading. I've entered into a new arena of black men. And in this arena, I'm the prize now. Don't just take my word for it, though. And before you kill me in the comments, let me drop some stats for your ass right quick so you can see my point. Black women outnumber black men by two million. Black women don't want to deal with a black man who's gay, low down low, has baby mama issues, or has a felony conviction record in jail, which collectively is a large percentage of our race. Unfortunately, as statistically, 37% of black men are in jail, while a third of black men have some form of criminal record. Black women typically don't want to date down and prefer to have a black man that's on the same playing field as her or higher. Well, statistically, only 7% of black men are professionals. With this massive criteria that black women don't want in the, when dating a black man, they have essentially drastically limited the dating pool of Viable black men that majority of black women are currently after, which means everyone doesn't get picked. And statistically, 70% of black women go unmarried. You see where I'm going here? Additionally, black women want their mate to be attractive, have some form of edge, style, to be exciting and not be a lame, etc. I know all that is subjective, but everyone doesn't have these so-called X factors, which lower the number of viable black men even lower. So with me now gaining access into this very small percentage of black men that are young, for the record, I'm under 30 with two degrees, single and attractive, are heterosexual, have no criminal record, no baby mama drama, and have some sort of high-paying career potential, that majority of black women are competing against each other for dot, dot, dot. You tell me who's the real prize here. That's it. Those... 7% or what they can have his ass okay first of all your point is is his point that women should not should be willing to date motherfuckers that is, have prison records that they should be willing to date motherfuckers that 
may not intellectually be like so you're just supposed to accept just whatever is that is that what fuck him fuck him and his degree okay I'm gonna read some of the tweets that followed up one of them said a graduation post shouldn't have black women in the caption unless you are one the other one, uh, the comment to that said, I read black women once and refused to read because I knew he said some bullshit. Yeah, usually. Now, he got a twin brother, and so black Twitter went to go do some research and discover that King's brother is also a law graduate who passed the bar while he himself did not. The nigga that's talking all didn't pass the bar? Did not pass the bar. Graduated also, from law school. So you got a law degree, but you cannot practice law without passing the bar. So basically, you have a very fucking expensive piece of paper until you can pass that goddamn test. I mean, clearly a big component of law school is logic and being able to apply, you know, law to logical outcomes. And all the shit he said didn't have big enough connections with each other to believe that he is suitable to understand the logic that law requires. It just don't, I mean, it, it don't make sense. Like, why would he post it? Like, logically speaking, he shouldn't talk shit about nothing on his graduation post. Like, he literally, he, he's been waiting to graduate just so he can tell the world that he feels like he's better than 93% of the black men out here. That's you know all what? he was waiting for? And guess what? He can have all of those attributes, but that attitude... And that personality that he has, nobody's going to fucking. I'm not gonna want to sit and listen to you talk about how great you are all the goddamn time, and how lucky I am to be with you. You crazy? Are you crazy? No, sir. Even after he passed the bar, he could become a successful lawyer. It's still gonna be people that are not gonna want to fuck with him because he has a terrible goddamn attitude. At best, you might get somebody who who with you because of the money. And good luck if she divorced. Like, I, nigga, bye. <laughs> so they got hashtag I am the prize going on. Um, this person says it's unfortunate that a moment of pride and joy evolved into a permanent moment of shame and ridicule because you lost your goddamn mind on social media trying to prove <laughs> a worthless point. <laughs> like, goddamn. Shit. <laughs> And the last person said, we got to thank the law school dickhead for uniting Twitter like this. Truly a public service. Hashtag, I am the prize. <laughs> that did not go the way he thought it was going to go. This motherfucker said, I don't have kids and I've never been to prison. What more do you want from me? <laughs> oh, my God. He... This dude said, I'm cracking up because the women in my family never like the women I date, and they always call me to remind me that I am the prize. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. He's okay. Stupid. So, what you got? What is, what is the singer, because I'm going to say, Queen Naha? Is that how you say her name? I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about, though? Yep. Okay. So, that girl. Her new boyfriend, baby daddy, is his name is Clarence. They have a son together. The son, I don't even think he's one yet. Clarence he, lives at home with two good parents. 
And Claire's parents have a real good marriage. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a long time since I heard a nigga named Clarence on some regular shit. Clarence. I'm just going to put, I'm going to just tell you what he tweeted. Have you seen this? Nope. Okay. This is what his tweet said. Now, keep in mind that this kid is not even, I don't even think he's one year old yet. My son is packing. I'm with. Oh, he put the eggplant emoji. My son is packing eggplant emoji. I'm so proud of him. That was. So, of course, people was like, nigga, delete this. You out of pocket. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is creepy. Um, And I think. I want to say Matt Barnes has said something similar about his sons. Listen, man, this that's weird. It's he's he's one. He he pack. He's one. He has a one year old dick. What? I don't. What? So of course people were saying that he's a weirdo and and that you know they was getting upset and. She, this is what she tweeted because she had to take up for her man. This is what she said. Let me make this clear. The tweet was wrong. Sometimes we put things on social media that doesn't represent who we are. That's why he deleted it. You think that this man sits home and lusts after his own child. You are wrong and reaching far. A pedophile is someone attracted to children. Y'all not going to sit up here and act like he is attracted to his own damn son. No, it was not the best thing to tweet, but raise your hand if you've never tweeted anything dumb. Exactly, so carry on. Listen, I've never tweeted anything about the body parts of a one-year-old. I can tell you that. Or kid in general. I've never tweeted anything about kids, body part, nothing in general. It's in poor taste. Why? I've tweeted, I, I've Posted Facebook messages about kids, but not about nobody parts of that sexual. That's just weird. Why would you be sexualizing your one year old son? That's just fucking weird. It's just fucking weird. It's I think a- I think weirdo and pedophile are the wrong words. I think really that's the wrong focus in the conversation. To be honest, I think the focus is toxic masculinity. Yes. I think the focus is the idea that, you know, here we are in um in a world that should be more meat positive. But Fuck! I knew you were gonna ride go ahead. Listen. We're in a world that should be more meat positive, but what what we focus on is not like he he could have said my one year old just, you know, picked up his first you know, basketball. He could have said, "My one-year-old always finishes plate, happy plate, big eater." Or, uh, "My one-year-old is this many inches tall, so he on track to be an athlete out here." He could have said so many things that focuses on the qualities of his son and his son's achievements. And it's crazy that he treats a natural part of of his son's body like an accomplishment. Like, like, like he did something to get that. And so it's like, that's that part of toxic masculinity that makes us look at our, our penis and identify ourselves through that. He's going to grow up with a daddy that at some point is going to let him know that, you know what you're supposed to do with that with these girls now, son, they're going to love you. Like he is going to have these messages with his son. He clearly not going to put this shit on Twitter ever again, but he's going to be creating a pathway for his son to believe that his meat means more than him. And he going to start living that life. 
Listen, you might not like the way I'm phrasing what I say, but you know good and goddamn well I'm right as fuck. You, you are always right. Know. You're right. You're right. It's the meat positivity that makes me roll my eyes. But you're right. It is toxic masculinity. It is the beginning of raising a son who is going to look at the amount of sex he has with the amount of women as uh, what makes him a man. It's the blueprint for him working up to be that kind of a nigga when he get older. It's terrible. Um, and I just even the fact that you changing this kid's diaper and that's what come to mind. Like, nigga, you pet like, why? What? And not only did you think it, you felt strongly enough about it that you were like, let me tweet it and let everybody know about how big my son's dick is. Like, it's just sir. No. <laughs> no. There's a lot of no, a whole lot of no. And Queen is a kind of a pick-me-ass girl. So I get her. I don't even know that I would have said shit. I would have let him, like, nigga, you need to go and fix this. I don't even know that I would have got on social media taking up for him because it's like, why the fuck would you tweet that dumb shit anyway? What you thought was going to happen? Go fix it. I don't know that I would have been coming to his aid and shit like, because it was dumb. He shouldn't have tweeted it. Do I agree with calling him a pedophile? No. You know, to be honest, uh, if we go down to the core of toxic masculinity with men and with him, I think he probably wanted to let the world know that his son got it from somewhere. And that would be him and he has I, a big dick. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's probably what led him to say it because, you know, clearly genetics, you know, and only a nigga that had meat like that would say that. Otherwise, he'd just be mad and jealous. <laughs> <laughs> if he had a popcorn shrimp meat and his son come out here with goddamn Mondo meat, that nigga wouldn't make that tweet. I don't believe. So I there, believe. There was an episode of Family Guy. Um, where Peter walks in on Chris like I think he was showering or something and he sees his penis and he gets so upset because apparently Chris has a much larger penis than him <laughs> <laughs> and so the whole episode is Peter being fucking weird and like trying to prove that he's more masculine than his son <laughs> it's a very good uh sarcastic look at toxic masculine. I don't remember the name of the episode, but there is an episode of Family Guy about this. Listen. Big dick energy is real. Okay? Big dick energy is a thing, but it doesn't necessarily... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big dick energy is real. But the perception or the idea that big dick energy comes from a big dick is false. It is very false. Big dick energy. Maybe the confidence that a man has when he believes that having a bigger dick is connected to confidence and lets him have a certain stride means something. But any man can have that stride. Any man can have a woman wanting your ass before she see what the fuck you got in your pants if you carry yourself the right way. Yes. We can't continue to be led to believe that the only way that we should have that confidence as men is if we have uh, a penis the size that we believe is supposed to be connected to confidence. 
confidence does not come from anything you have. It comes from what you have chosen to be. So be it. And don't worry about what society say about meat. And if society say something about meat in a tweet, then and it's inappropriate. 86, that nigga, I guess. I don't know. I would never listen to him, no way. I mean, I don't even know what he does that isn't. I mean, I literally wouldn't listen to him. I literally just. Probably just a regular nigga. A nigga from my hometown or some shit. Probably she's. I mean, she knew as hell. She was. A, I think she was a SoundCloud SoundCloud artist at the beginning. It just picked up fame, kind of like SZA. Because that one song, whatever yeah, that song was, the Carlos. If you get on SoundCloud and make a couple of good hits, and you got a whole bunch of people, you make some money, goddamn. But I mean, and you'll get a record deal at some point if they feel like you're gonna. If you make an album and you're gonna bring a million to ten dollar album, shit, we're gonna do that. Um, so next thing we gotta talk about is this. I mean, this might take us out, this definitely gonna take us out, or we're gonna go over. I'm gonna set this up. Uh, we know Joe Biden is the front Democrat runner, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that right now Joe Biden is dealing with uh, rape accusations, right? Yes. Um, now, this supposedly happened in 1993. And a lot of people are using Joe Biden's words against him. Um, but I'm going to kind of clarify what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden said that all women should be believed when it comes to Me Too. And from them being believed, that should start an investigation right okay mm-hmm. we believe you because the, the the problem is that women when they say hey such and such touch me they be saying okay we don't believe you so women should be believed believing them should enact the steps it takes to determine if it's true or not yeah. and so a lot of people are just debate uh, you know they saying you know where well, he said all women should be believed as if that means that when a woman makes that accusation that it should automatically be taken as true those are two different things they are two very different um, things. And, I mean, listen, I don't know what more you can ask of Biden. Biden said it didn't happen. If she filed a report with the Senate, I want the government to go find that report and and let's see what it says. That's what he said we need to do, okay? Um. Now, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I've said on the podcast that Joe Biden gonna have to make a down payment to the black community. I don't know if you remember me saying that. Yeah. Um, and I think Stacey Adams would be a really good down payment for me. Or is just somebody black, a black female governor or mayor or political figure uh, outside of Kamala Harris would would be would be great. Like somebody black, black. Like Kamala Harris ain't Kamala Kamala wait Kamala Harris. Damn, I can't say this shit now. Kamala Harris ain't. American black. She's half Jamaican, half Indian. So that's that's different. I mean, she get the bullshit that black come with black, but being raised by those parents, I doubt she got the same, you know, lessons and rhetoric that we got growing up. Um and I think Stacey Abrams said I do it. Um but this rape thing is like overshadowing all of that. But either way. That's, we'll figure that out. 
P. Diddy came out here and said, the black vote will not be free this year. He said that if this candidate can't, if Joe Biden can't tell us what he going to do for the black community, then he ain't getting the black vote. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. I get that. I said that on the podcast, too. I had a conversation with my friend, and I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. But P. Diddy don't got nothing to lose in regardless of what the outcome is. And who made P. Diddy the goddamn <laughs> arbiter of black folks now? You know, why wasn't P. Diddy out here talking about this shit when it was a bunch of candidates up here? Why wasn't he holding all the candidates accountable for what they should do for black people? Why now that we have a front runner for Trump uh, against Trump for the Democratic Party, does he now come out and have a conversation in reference to whether we should vote or not? Wasn't he the one that had the vote or die campaign? He did. What happened to vote or die? Like, vote or die, that that whole campaign was about exercising our right to vote regardless of who you voted for and seemingly regardless of what who you voted for did for your community yeah but now here we are with him on some bullshit talking about why he's going he said let me see hold on i'm going to i want to quote it specifically he said, um, I would hold the hostage, vo the vote hostage if I have to. What the fuck that mean? How he gonna do that? I don't know. Is, is he gonna encourage black people not to vote if Joe Biden don't communicate in the way that he wants? Maybe another four years of Trump is what America is supposed to have. Maybe that's just what it's supposed to have because everybody seemed to be fighting against something that that, that makes sense to me. Everybody. Uh, but it I, is what it is. I hope not because look, I got, so when they send you your stimulus when they do the direct deposit, you then get a letter later I guess as a security measure not at the same time letting you know that it was deposited and blah blah blah. I cannot tell you how quickly I threw that shit in the goddamn trash because it had Trump's name at the bottom. And I was like, not in my house. <laughs> he's, not, he's not welcome in here. I threw that shit in the trash so quickly. Um, I just... I don't know what four more years of him would look like. I really don't want to find out, to be honest. I yeah, really it'll hurt. It'll hurt. A lot. It'll really hurt to have that motherfucker back here again. Oh my god. But it is what it is. It definitely is what it is. Anyway. Oh, that's all I got. Um, it's the most shit, but I ain't worried about it. Alrighty. You got anything else on your mind? I do not. All right, well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla. <laughs>